0: Um, You know, there's a time for action, and there's a time for understanding what is happening before you take action. Hmm. And uh, the two things can be literally life and death. Uh, You know, being foolhardy is not the same as being brave.
1: The internet. You are listening to Changed My Mind with Luke T. Harrington. I'm Luke T. Harrington, award-winning novelist, best-selling humorist, and guy who voted over the weekend. Um, I've already voted in an election that doesn't officially happen for another month or so. Um, I filled out an absentee ballot and I walked it over to a city park and hand it, handed it to two people in masks. Whole thing felt kind of shady literally shady because it was a park with some trees it was shady um yeah the city of madison had a uh, absentee ballot collection event um over the weekend and it was great i walked to the park with my kids turned in my ballot anyway you should vote it's a thing that uh people should do um yeah. The election is, is happening right now. Um, not so much on election day because large, large quantities of people are voting absentee because apparently there's some sort of uh, plague rav- ravaging the earth. Um, I don't know. I'm just now hearing about this. Um, but anyway, that's not what I'm here to talk about voting. is not till November, or at least officially. This is Halloween. This is October, the spookiest month of the year. Um, so just as I did last year, I've got a couple of episodes lined up for you on the paranormal. Um, that was my spooky radio voice. Did you like it? Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about the paranormal for the next couple of episodes. Um, in a couple of weeks, I've got a real live exorcist coming up for you, but, uh, this time around, um, I thought we'd go a little more the skeptical route. Um, so I talked to a friend of mine named Doug Lattery. Now, Doug is, in addition to being a professional firefighter, which in itself is very cool, is also a humorist, blogger, and podcaster over at 10minutesfromhell.com. It's actually, it's actually not that. It's um 10mfh.com, which stands for 10 Minutes From Hell, um, which you should definitely check out. Anyway, I talked to Doug about how he used to believe in the paranormal, ghosts, miracles, that sort of thing, and now not so much, um, even though he has retained his religious faith. Uh, So that was an interesting conversation. Doug is a heck of a guy, really enjoyed talking to him. I'll go ahead and let him speak for himself. I will flip you over to the conversation, and I will see you on the other side. Doug, welcome to the show. Um, Thank you. Yeah. We were going to talk about the paranormal on this episode. Um, Last year for October, I decided to do two back-to-back episodes about the paranormal, and it was a lot of fun. Um, I had, you know, my first guest was someone who's a little more skeptical, and my latter guest was someone who's a little bit uh, more of a believer. So I think I'm going to do the same thing this month um this time around we're going to talk about why you have gone from more of a believer to less of a believer in a couple of weeks mm-hmm. i've actually got a uh christian pastor lined up who has participated in some real exorcisms um and he was uh, oh really yeah and he for uh for the first decade or two of his life he was actually a, an agnostic didn't believe in anything supernatural so yeah i'm excited about that conversation as well um I kind of, you know, as with many things, I'm kind of a fence rider on this. Like I find the paranormal fascinating to think about, (laughs) but most of the claims seem dubious at best to me, um, even if even Mm -hmm. if I do love a a good, quote unquote, true ghost story every now and then. Um, So, yeah, I am I'm excited to talk about this Um, before we get into that. um, Since I clearly suck at this, why don't you tell everybody who you are and what you do?
0: <laughs> well, uh, you, you introduced me as uh, you know the the blogger for Ten Minutes from Hell. Uh, I'll kind of clear that up a little bit. It's yeah. it's it's a site that's I've had uh, for a long time now. It's probably been well, it has been over ten years, and it's kind of just been a, a personal playground. Um, uh, a friend online had me started up. We started off as a message board a long time ago, and uh, I decided to make it into a full blown website. Uh, you know, with reviews and whatever. And uh, it, it pretty much kind of goes through ebbs and flows as I need something to do, or I want to try something new. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll write, um, you know, we have a podcast, which uh, we actually haven't done uh, this year yet because of all the weirdness going on. Um, what is there weird and I've stuff also changed. Yeah. Eh, There's weird stuff happening this year.
1: Oh, I guess I, uh, I must've missed the headlines. I, Feels yeah. like feels like a very normal year to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and what's funny is a lot of people like have used this year to you know, actually you know maybe start a podcast or yeah, start yeah. a blog because of all their free time. And I've done the complete exact opposite. I've like <laughs> dropped off the face of the earth. I think uh, there's uh, um
1: I think there's an inverse correlation there with how many kids you have, right? <laughs> like, if you're in lockdown without any kids, you're bored and you start writing or you start podcasting. But if if you have kids all of a sudden you either have to quit or you have to like stop sleeping or whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah. That, that is also an excellent point. That is a great point. Uh, so yeah, that it, it is still, you know, I, I am still working on things. It's just, it's, uh, kind of taking a backseat to, to everything else going on. I also happened to change careers in January. And, uh, so that, that's made life interesting for this, this year. Cause, uh, I did work in the advertising world. I worked at an advertising agency as a senior video editor. And um, then I, I switched over uh, for many years. I was a volunteer firefighter at, in my city. And uh, in January, I was uh, extremely lucky to be given the opportunity to go full time with the department. So I've been doing that uh, for this past year. And well,
1: congrats on that. That's great
0: news. Uh, thank you. It's been, uh, it's been great. Um, but You know, with all these health things in the world, uh, it's definitely made things interesting.
1: Since you're a firefighter, will you um, tell listeners which calendars they can get with topless photos of you? (laughs) Uh,
0: Zero. Although my wife asks, and I think it's a joke (laughs) because nobody nobody wants to see that.
1: (laughs) Is that an actual thing fire departments do or is that just like a sitcom trope? I have no idea. Um, I,
0: you know, some, I think it did start in truth somewhere. Uh, (laughs) my, my department is, yeah, that that's not going to (laughs) happen.
1: You guys need to hit the gym a little more before your calendar ready. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Probably. Hashtag same. Um, (laughs) yeah. I don't know. I hit the
0: Pokemon gyms all the time. I don't get it. I'm not getting any stronger.
1: You know, you'd think that would, you'd think that would help. You'd think that would help. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Hey, you know, I mean, Nintendo, if you got a switch, they have a pretty good uh, stable of fitness games for that. So um, that, that was not a paid endorsement. I just, I, 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 I really like ring fit adventure. It's fun. Um, Anyway. (laughs) But Doug, I'm really, really glad to have you on the show. Um, we're gonna t- talk a little bit about uh, about the paranormal. Why don't you um, start with kind of kind of the beginning here? Or, um, if you used to believe in this stuff, why don't you tell us when and uh, why?
0: Yeah. Um, so growing up, I grew up uh, in a very religious household. Uh, I was raised by uh, my mom, single mom, and uh, she was really into the kind of the evangelical world. Mm-hmm. And so as such, I, uh, I just, I, I was really into kind of, you know, the, the spiritual realm and paranormal. And, um, even though she, uh, <laughs> she didn't necessarily like me reading all these, you know, ghost books and mm-hmm. things, uh, I, I just, I was fascinated with it and, um, I would, you know, read every book about ghosts that I could. Um, I just, you know, and, and I guess by association, um, also, you know, I was really interested in angels and demons and that whole, you know, like the kind of Frank Peretti, you know, war in the heavens, angels and demons fighting, you know, in the space around you. And uh it it consumed a lot of my my thoughts and I I wanted it so badly. I wanted to be able to see angels or see ghosts and uh yeah, so that's that's kind of where life was for a good number of years. I mean, probably up until my, at least until my twenties.
1: Yeah. That's really interesting. I can, um, I can definitely relate to that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, cause I was raised Christian as well. Um, and I do remember I read a lot of true ghost storybooks as a kid. I was just, I was really fascinated by that stuff. And I, I do remember my mom definitely actively. Ex- Let's, let's say, let me try that again. I do remember my mom kind of actively discouraging me away from that stuff, not because she didn't believe in spiritual things, but because she did and she didn't want me to get caught up in them. Um, Mm, I know my my mom was um, uh, born and raised in Rochester, New York, which is kind of right in the middle of the burned over district as they call it, um, which is where a lot of spiritual movements, including spiritualism of the, um, you know, which, which grew up in the mid 19th century um, and was centered around contacting ghosts and stuff. Um, I know she has, (laughs) I, you know, this is my mom's memory. I, I, um, you know, make no claims about its authenticity, but she has memories of what she believes to be contacting a legitimate demon with a Ouija board as a kid. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, the story is not like the most dramatic thing in the world, but they they were talking to some sort of entity and they asked it, what is your name? And it came up with Damned, like D-A-M-N-E-D. Oh. Um, and they, you know, freaked out and never used the Ouija board again, <laughs> <laughs> which is uh, a little bit terrifying. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, but like I, I certainly have the, the relate to that as someone who has always kind of been fascinated by this stuff to the point of kind of wanting a paranormal experience just to know what it's like. um, But never actually having one, you know, like I, I still, you know, I still am a believing Christian, but I've never had an experience I can point to that's like, yeah, I, I can't explain that with science and reason, you know, like my life has been a very, mundane low-key scientifically explainable sort of life um (laughs) so yeah um so i don't know um you get get to you get to college and uh well actually you know before before we um before we get into that um let's talk a little bit more about your uh your beliefs in the paranormal um one of the questions i ask on the show is do you think of your beliefs as more Logically based or more emotionally based? Like, do you think you had good reason for them?
0: Yeah, well, definitely. When I was a kid, it was all emotionally based. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, based on the things I was reading. It was based on, I I don't want to say like my pastors or or even necessarily my mom. It was just, I was a voracious reader when I was younger and I would absorb anything and everything. And uh, I remember specifically reading a bunch of. I don't know if you're familiar with this guy Jack Chick. He wrote I, all I those do. little Bible tracks, but <laughs> uh, beyond that, he wrote a series of comic books called the Crusaders, which were uh, fantastically illustrated, and um, he also wrote some some other just you know regular books. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I I read a lot of that as a kid. And I think that kind of warped my brain thinking about a lot (laughs) of this stuff. Seriously, it did. I mean,
1: uh, I think enough Jack chick will warp anybody's brain. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: True. Absolutely true. Um, so yeah, it was like, it it was definitely emotionally based. And then Mm -hmm. as I've grown older, uh, things have flipped over to the logical side, Mm -hmm. which is why I've. I have sort of I've changed my mind on what what I think about that whole realm.
1: Sure, sure.
0: I do I do want to go back to uh, Ouija boards for a second. I've okay. never actually used a Ouija board,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, I've uh, part of it is because of you know that upbringing where you know th- those were super evil and you you can't even look at them. Um, and I remember hearing stories of you know people throwing Ouija boards in a fire and you know hearing it scream or whatever <laughs> and uh, I've always wanted to know, you know, has anybody had like, you know, a Ouija board not scream when they threw it in the fire <laughs> or what about other board games? You know, <laughs> has anybody thrown a monopoly board in the fire and had it scream? I'm, these are these are the questions I have. I don't, I'm not sure.
1: I, I think what you do is you raise the capital gains tax and your monopoly board screams, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the real question is if you throw a Ouija board in the fire and there's no one around to hear it, does it really scream? <laughs> Actually, now what I now what I want to do is just do like a big bonfire of like only Ouija boards and see what happens. Like if that's a chorus of screaming people. <laughs> I got nothing but jokes today, man. I, some of them are yeah. better than others. Um.
0: <laughs> what about Scrabble boards? If you threw a Scrabble board in with all the tiles, would you start hearing like the alphabet song or... <laughs> yeah. I, anti-disestablishmentarianism.
1: Man, if you can find a way to play anti-disestablishmentarianism in like an actual regulation Scrabble game, you are amazing. I don't know if that would even fit on the board. I have no idea. Um, Yeah, um, and that's the interesting thing to me, actually, to try to get us a little bit back on track, um, which we'll get there in a second, I imagine, but... um, So many of these stories of the paranormal that you hear, like allegedly true stories of the paranormal are always like, you know, there was a ghost in our house and it made a bunch of noise and freaked us out. And then we left and we were fine. Right. Or there was a ghost in our house and it made a bunch of noise and freaked us out. And then I yelled go away and we never heard from it again and we were fine. And I, I always come back to like, if that's really what the paranormal is like. I guess I shouldn't care about it because it seems pretty harmless, you know, like although although it's possible that that's like a sampling bias, like the people who actually survive encounters with ghosts are the ones who have true stories to tell. I don't know. Um, That's still something I'm thinking about. (laughs) But um, to get back to the question, to get back to the question a little bit, um, do you feel like you have this emotional need to believe in the paranormal to justify your religious beliefs? Is that part of it, or?
0: That is definitely a part of it. and in, in fact, I remember I had a uh, kind of a crisis of faith in my 20s. You know, I think like most people have mm-hmm. or are still going through. And um, I even thought at one time, and I've never told anybody this. So this is this is a, an exclusive to your podcast. <laughs> not that anybody cares. Nobody cares. Um,
1: exclusive interview with Doug Ladder. <laughs> Who's that guy? Um, <laughs> who? What? The guy who runs that 10 um, minutes from Hell website? That guy?
0: <laughs> I I wanted to pursue now this is gonna sound stupid, um, because it was, and I and I quickly abandoned the idea. <laughs> I wanted to pursue like like witchcraft or some sort of you know more, you know, like a mystical art mm-hmm. just to see if it was real. Hmm. Because if it was real, then there'd be, you know, validation for the other side. Sure. And again, that's a stupid idea. And I, like I said, I quickly abandoned it, but it was, (laughs) it it was a thought that came into my head. Like, you know, I need to find out that this is real somehow. So maybe we'll come at it from another angle.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, no, I mean, I, I can definitely see how growing up with Chick tracks would put that in your head. Um, <laughs> I mean, because that's, oh, what, that's oh. what so many of them are about is, is um, you know, demons are yeah. real. And if you start playing Dungeons and Dragons, you'll end up possessed by them. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, right. Yeah. I, I mean, if you're coming at it from this perspective of like, there's literally a demon under every rock, um, then I mean, it's I, I think it's totally reasonable to say well then i should be able to find demons if i look for them you know um i mean right. if they're if they're really as ubiquitous as jack chick is telling me um <laughs> it's, it's not at all a stretch to say well then they should be accessible um so i i totally get that um yeah now, um why don't we um continue down that continue down that road and talk a little bit more about uh the crisis of faith you had in your twenties, kind of what led you there and where it ultimately led you.
0: Well, um, one of the things that started contributing uh, and I, I, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, so I'm not going to say any names or any organizations, but I did go on a, a missions trip in my late teens, early twenties. And uh, there was kind of a lot of that feeling of that sort of religious spiritual, you know, miraculous energy happening. Mm-hmm. And um, we were at a, uh, like a worship service where they were, you know, trying to do healings. And I, I remember them, this is a little disturbing, um, <laughs> just because of the, the nature of it. I think uh, they, they had a woman in a wheelchair and they picked her up out of the wheelchair and from my perspective, sitting there watching this, they were kind of under each arm, walking her down the aisle, where her legs were just kind of flapping, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of moving as much as they possibly could, which was not very much. And and I was like, what? What is? What are they doing? Mm-hmm. Like, what? Are, this this is not a healing. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, then later, as you know, everyone was talking about it it was like later in the the missions trip. somebody had gotten up and was talking about how they saw this healing of the of this woman you know walking down the aisle from a wheelchair and I sat there in my head going, "That's not what happened hmm. that is they drug her down the aisle hmm. and and now this guy is claiming that it's a supernatural healing and I was like, no that's that's not what happened <laughs> and mm-hmm. it really started changing my thought on, okay, so if I was there and I saw this and then I hear somebody claiming that it, it was a supernatural incident. How many other times have I heard about supernatural incidents that are just as dubious?
1: Sure. Sure.
0: And, uh, yeah, that, that, that was one of the, the kind of the catalysts to, to changing my, my mind on, on all this stuff.
1: Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, I know that yeah, I mean I I don't doubt that um fake faith healings happen. Um I guess my question is like what happened to this woman after the service? Like was she still around? Exactly. Did anybody notice whether she was walking or <laughs> Yeah,
0: I you know, I don't know. It was yeah, you know, I was just a kid and yeah. we left, you know, after the service and so I I have no idea what, what actually happened to to this person. So hmm. but it was it was sad and it was misrepresented then. And, uh, yeah, I, I did not enjoy it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, zero I, out of 10, <laughs> zero out of 10 would not order again. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, I, I guess I can see, um, I, I can see how that would be, um, a little bit, a little bit faith crushing to you. Um, you, earlier on, <laughs> like, I I don't know anything about your, your faith background, except what you've told me just now. Um, earlier on you identified as, evangelical I've heard people try to well I, I I mean historically there is kind of a distinction between evangelical and like Pentecostal or charismatic um is do you have did you have a lot of experience before this with like healing services and that sort of thing or is this all brand new to you
0: um no I mean I I guess yeah I said evangelical before I'm actually not even a hundred percent sure of the distinction of what is what <laughs> yeah um, my church was non-denominational okay uh, church is non-denominational which as a kid, I didn't realize, I, I didn't
1: understand what that meant.
0: And, uh, I guess I still don't a hundred percent understand what that
1: means. It means it's a Baptist but, church, but with a cool website, that's what it usually means. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> um, you know, there's, uh, there is church oversight, you know, the, the church is joined, you know, with a group of other churches. and blah, oh, so blah, it's blah. A
1: non-denominational denomination. Exactly. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, it, whatever. <laughs> uh, but, uh, and I, I, I don't pretend to understand they're at the core. They're all great people. So I, I, can't, uh, sure, I can't say sure. anything bad, but the th- one thing I realized, and I don't know if this was my original point, but this is where I'm going with. So um, <laughs> I was sitting there in a, a worship service and I was like, what I'm experiencing right now is completely different than this person next to me. We're here in the same church, listening to the same words singing the same songs, but we're coming at it at two different completely points of view. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if that's unique to the non-denominational experience because this guy over here might be in a, in a way more mystical charismatic point of view where I'm a little more, you know, logical or whatever you want to say.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, yeah, maybe this person is believing in uh, transubstantiation And I'm just eating a a wafer, (laughs) you know? Yeah. (laughs) um, That was kind of a strange like realization for me too, where it's like in this church that I'm at, not everybody is on the same page. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm not sure if that's unique to a non-denominational church. Maybe it's even unique to my own church. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think there's probably a... Something to be said for that, right? Because then, uh, if you say we're a non-denominational church, then you you know you're saying we don't identify with any specific particulars of any one denomination. Um, so yeah, I can I can definitely see that. Um, now, when when we talk about faith healing, we're obviously talking about something a little more uh, extreme <laughs> than something like transubstantiation, yeah. right? Because um, that you know the Catholic right. understanding of transubstantiation is. The bread and wine take on the substance of Christ's body and blood while retaining the accidents of bread and wine. That's it in Aristotelian language. What that means is that, yeah, it still looks like bread and wine, right? Like they're not pretending yeah. it's any, it that they're not pretending that it appears to be anything other than what it appears to be. When you say when you talk about say someone sitting there say, like someone watching the exact same thing as you and saying that woman got up and she walked by herself and you're sitting there saying I saw it and she was just being dragged by two large men down the aisle, like that's a pretty extreme difference in perception. Um, and I'm just curious how how do you account for something like that um what what's your what's your explanation for that uh, I mean, I, it's it just a I'm human psychology it's... thing like if you're in this ecstatic state of mind you'll see what you want to see or is it, is it, is is it something more than that i don't know
0: i, I want to say that it's the former that you know they're they're wrapped up in the emotions and they're seeing what they want to see i'm really hoping that it's not dubious or
1: yeah, like deception
0: trying to justify something that <laughs> right, for, you know, to, to keep their own belief they're right. you know, they're saying, well, well, that, that is what happened uh-huh. Uh-huh. because, because if it, it didn't, then what am I doing here? You mm-hmm. know? And, and mm-hmm. un, unfortunately I'm, I, I'm hoping that that it wasn't that right. That right. it instead was, was sort of a mistake, but I mean, uh, my wife was also with me on that trip. She was not my wife at that time, but um, we both kind of, we talked about it and we went, that's, that's not what happened. (laughs) So, you know, like it wasn't just me, right. 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 You know, that's uh, Yeah. So, and I don't know. Yeah. I'm sure sure that happens more than, than uh, people like to admit.
2: Mm -hmm. And Mm
0: -hmm. you know, it does. I mean, you know, the, the sort of the faith healing charlatan, big tent revival sort of vibe. I, I'm sure that exists quite a bit in the world. Sure. Um, and it, and it, I, I think it does more damage than anything. And it, it, that makes me sad.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, why wouldn't it? I mean, you know, lies are only lies until they, they get exposed. So you, you see the faith healing, which is not in fact a healing. And that leads you where?
0: Uh, I mean, to just kind of, it wasn't immediate, but just kind of question everything. Like, what? What do I really believe? Mm-hmm. Like, if if that's not true, you know, if if people are are saying things like that that aren't true, how many times have I heard stories like that that probably also weren't true? And it just you know kind of starts domino effect where you're just like, what do I believe? If maybe if Big none of this not
1: real either, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, he's real. He's <laughs> real. I mean, he got his own um, Pizza Hut pizza in the nineties. I mean, how much more real do you get than that? <laughs> That's a joke that, like, probably two percent of my audience actually appreciated. Anyway, <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you know, I, I eventually came back around to having a faith, and it, it wasn't long. Um, But <laughs> like everybody, I hope I, I have gone, uh, you know, in sort of a uh, you know, I, yes, I have faith. No, I don't. Yes, I do. You know, over the years. Right. And it's, it's usually over different issues that are kind of like, uh, in the words of Yoda, unlearning what I have learned, um, <laughs> from my youth, you know, uh, lately it's been about the Bible and, uh, you know what <laughs> what it actually says as opposed to what people told me it said and uh, i'm actually reading your book hey you know for a plug plug, a plug in there um <laughs> and i uh you a lot of what i'm reading that you say uh, in the book it resonates with that kind of that place where i'm at right now mm-hmm. where it's like what was the original word and you know why did they translate it into this
2: mm-hmm.
0: and um, i found out a lot of, you know, it's been the past few years that I've kind of gone through this and it's like, <laughs> um, interestingly enough, it, it started when I was uh, asked to lead a small group at my church. And, mm-hmm. and as I started, you know, in my usual over-preparing for everything, uh, I was over-preparing for teaching about the Bible and all of a sudden it was like, well, wait a minute, I've been reading this wrong. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's was like, oh man there's so much more that I, I don't understand there's so much more that i don't know and uh yeah it's 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 led me down that that path but um I mean, even to i mean if, if we will get back into the supernatural you know even about angels and demons it, it's so different than what uh, christian culture would tell you mm-hmm. it's so much more mysterious and so much more it's not laid out mm
2: mm-hmm. mhm
0: and so you've got the people that say, "Oh, well, we only believe what's in the Bible." Like, okay, well, these beliefs that you're you're saying that you're holding to, those are extra biblical because it, it's not what the Bible says.
1: Why don't you give an example? Uh, the of that? verse,
0: the verse in uh, Isaiah where it talks about, you know, where where everyone talks about not I'm not gonna, I'm using the wrong word. It's not everyone. Where <laughs> certain people. Certain denominations talk about you know Satan falling from heaven, mm-hmm. and it references the the verse in Isaiah, which they they only show you that one verse.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: You know the the son of the morning, and you know whatever. Um, it's like, well, that's not about Satan. That's written about a, a a specific ruler of that time, and everyone's just taken that verse and you know kind of pieced together this Satan narrative using you know, things that it doesn't explicitly say that, you know, that have just sort of been attached together and maybe you've got a a different point of view on this, but, um, it's not what it says. (laughs) So I, um, I don't know. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, um, you're not wrong. (laughs) I think, I think it's actually, um, I think it's actually Ezekiel, not, not Isaiah, um, which I'm, I'm kind of, hastily searching through my Bible. So I actually know what I'm talking about. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, I mean, I mean, a lot of what is contemporary agreed upon uh, demonology or, or uh, I I don't want to say theology because it's not theology, it's demonology, but uh, demonology in regards to, to Satan is a lot of uh, playing connect the dots (laughs) with proof texts. Right. There's not a whole lot about it in scripture. You're, You're not, you're not wrong about that. Um, now I, I think a lot of the, um, the justification for that is, uh, in the book of Luke in chapter 10, verse 18, um, when, um, the, 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 uh, disciples say to Jesus, the demons are subject to, uh, to us in your name. Like we can cast out demons and demon Jesus is like, yeah. Uh, he says, I saw Satan fall from heaven, like lightning, which is kind of a reference to that Ezekiel passage. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, again, the, the whole, the whole narrative of, uh, Satan falling from heaven is a little bit, um, it, it is a, it is a little bit of connecting the dots between Ezekiel and Luke and revelation. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I definitely, uh, definitely agree that, um, Protestants have a habit of pretending we know more about Satan from scripture than we do. I don't, I don't disagree with that. Um,
0: yeah, well, I guess my point is it's, if they're just taking, what the Bible says, which is what most people claim they're they're actually taking more traditional or, uh, I guess, you know, extra biblical sources to, to fill in those
1: holes. Right. Yeah. And I, I think, um, a lot of us kind of underestimate how much our perception of things like that is influenced by stuff like Dante and Milton, you know, and people, you know, people who weren't even claiming to, um, uh, being, you know, (laughs) weren't even claiming to be writing nonfiction about, uh, um, you know, what, what, what angels and demons are like. So yeah, I, I totally, totally agree with you on that. Um, it's interesting to me, uh, that you, um, found your way, you know, you say you had this crisis of faith. You saw that miracles, at least as some people perceive them are not real. And, um, Found your way back to um, some form of Christianity. So, do you, do you want to talk about that a little bit mm-hmm. more? What led you back? Why you're still around?
0: <laughs> well, I, I think um, I've gone through some some hard stuff in my life. I know, like everybody has. Sure. And uh, I guess one thing I, I've just I've never been able to shake is uh, the words of Jesus mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and his his message and uh, just the the example that he's given. Um, it's just so beautiful and it's so right. And it's so anti what a lot of his followers even (laughs) do Yeah, yeah. (laughs) that it, it, uh, one thing I love about it, I've got a bit of a, a a punk rock nature and I love the subversiveness of Jesus, uh, where he, he's kind of sticking it to everybody all at the same time in a very brilliant way. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, that really appeals to me. Sure, <laughs> It's like none, none of you are right. You've you've all you've all got it screwed up. You know this. You know, take a look at this. And um, I just I love that because it it always comes down to uh, mocking the proud, lifting up the humble, and uh, and just loving everybody. And it it, it uh, it's very attractive to me.
1: Sure. Yeah, I mean it's it's fascinating to me how hard it is for people to to shake the words of Jesus um when they mm-hmm. sit down and honestly read them like no matter no in my experience at least no matter how they feel about Christianity or Christians if if people if they'll actually sit down and read the words of Jesus it's always like wow like <laughs> I see how this guy changed the world. Um Right. Yeah, um and I mean I I don't know. I I I'm pulling this out of out of the air, so I, I have no idea who said this. Um, <laughs> but I, I did come across a, a quote from um, I, I think it was a, a scientist, like a cosmologist or something, that um, said, you know, if you learn a little bit, you'll start to doubt Christianity. And he was speaking specifically of science, but I think it's true of many other things. If you learn a little bit, you'll start to doubt Christianity. Um, but if you um, keep learning, eventually you'll come back to it because, <laughs> um, you know, you. The, I'm I'm butchering this quote, you know. But the the more you the more you learn, the less the the more you turn around and come back to Christianity. <laughs> Gosh, yeah. I just I just absolutely yeah. really butchered that quote. Like, um, you know, I, <laughs> I have found personally to be to be true. Like, you know, you you read a little bit of of history, and all of a sudden, or a little bit of scholarship about the text, or a little bit of science, and all of a sudden, you're questioning all your Christian beliefs and then you, but you go deeper with it and you learn more and it's like, Oh no, wait, this actually fits pretty well with, um, historic Christianity. It's just that I had to, um, come around to a more accurate understanding of what historic Christianity is maybe. I don't know. Do you, do you agree with that or?
0: Yeah. You know, I think that that does kind of sum things up.
1: Uh, and I, I, I no, go ahead
0: uh you, you kind of you get to that point where um like you said you learn something you learn too much and it starts to shake things but then if you stick with it you find what i found to be an even more an even richer deeper appreciation for the scriptures and and the way things are structured and um a much more i guess real and at least for me uh a more interesting World in in the scripture personally.
1: Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. I mean, and ultimately, since we're talking about my book, and everybody should buy my book. I mean, that's <laughs> kind of what my book my book is about. <laughs> is um, you know, I'm not I'm not going to tell you what the Bible means or um how you should read it, but I, I just want you to read it honestly. You know, like this is um, like just sit down and you know let's let's just sit down and and uh, and read it and um, talk about hey here how, here's how church fathers read these passages. Here's how Talmudic rabbis read these passages. Here's how modern day scholars read these passages. Yeah. I mean, one one of the questions I try to ask all my guests is, do you have a quote unquote coming out story? Like, did you have to tell people in your life that your, your beliefs about the paranormal had changed?
0: Uh, yes and no. Uh, actually w- when I was leading that small group at my church, I did kind of tell some of this uh, to the group. Mm-hmm. Um, just to, to tell them where I was coming from. And so
1: maybe we should talk yeah, a little bit I, more about, um, specifics as to how your, your views changed. Um, you were talking er- yeah. earlier about how you, you had, you had kind of an obsession with true ghost stories. Um, are you like, nah, ghosts aren't real now. Or like, where are you with, with ghosts in the afterlife and that sort of thing?
0: Well, it, it kind of became a thing of, you know, I wanted to believe in them so bad. How come I haven't seen any concrete evidence sure. in you know almost in you know forty years? Um, <laughs> <laughs> like there, there has there's has to have been something by now, right, right? And there's there's been nothing. So what do I do with that? I, well, I guess from everything I've experienced, no this this doesn't really. You know, maybe it would change tomorrow, but mm-hmm. uh, from from everything that I've seen so far, I, I've got no evidence for it. So I don't know how I can keep believing in it.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, and, and in some of the, you know, like the miraculous healing stuff, which, you know, I, I, I'm careful to say I, I don't want to completely dismiss,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but
0: I, I haven't seen it. Yeah. And yeah. I, I am fully willing to be wrong and I'm fully, fully willing to accept that it does happen. Um, I, it's just something I've never experienced. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't want to be a, as arrogant as to assume that it, it can't just because I haven't seen it. You know, I know plenty of things exist that I've never seen or experienced. So I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not that foolish, just sure. a little
1: foolish. <laughs> this might get a little too deep into the Christianese weeds, but I'm I'm curious if you've um, kind of hopped traditions within Christianity, are you still quote unquote, non-denominational or
0: yeah, I think so. Uh, I haven't, I haven't uh, pledged my allegiance to any other denomination. Sure, if that's sure. what you're asking. Yeah,
1: no, I mean, I'm, I'm just curious because, <laughs> I'm, I'm just curious because my pretty much my entire background as a Christian is kind of Presbyterian slash Lutheran. Like that's kind of the world I've spent the vast majority of my life inhabiting, which are both kind of have a long history, at least, of being very uh cessationist is the word um which is you know the the idea that miracles kind of stopped happening after the last apostle died um and oh, okay. i i don't know if i'm sold out I, I don't know if i'm sold on that idea but it is kind of where i'm coming from like i don't have you know <laughs> this big experience of like revival meetings where everybody is jumping up and shouting i'm healed that's that's just uh not not where i'm coming from so i i was just curious if um maybe you'd, you'd hop to a more um classically Protestant tradition, like, like reformed or, or Lutheran. No, okay.
0: no, I haven't. So uh, I, I did want to, uh, I had one more th- story about, uh, another nail in the coffin for the supernatural sure. for me. Yeah,
1: let's tell them. Um,
0: it was when I, when I started as a, a volunteer firefighter, I went on a medical call and, uh, I walked in the door and, um, we were, uh, the paramedics had already arrived um, so we were just kind of coming in to, to see if they needed help. And I hear a, a low guttural growling and, and screaming and um, everything from my background that would imply demon possession. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, it, you know, when, when you think of classical demon possession sounds, that's what of, I was hearing.
1: There are a lot of Latin involved. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. um, and, and so I was like, oh my, you know, what is happening? And, you know, we come in and I'm, I'm very new. So I'm pretty much just observing, well, this person has, is a diabetic and their pump had stopped working, you know, providing them their, their needed insulin. Um, and, or it was something along those lines. So their blood sugar had gotten very low that now that I'm saying that out loud, uh, that's not right, but <laughs> whatever the case was, their blood sugar was very low and, uh, it was creating this. Uh, uh response in them that was writhing screaming demony looking presentation hmm. um you know they they give her the the, the glu- glucose you know from the tube and you know s- start making you know uh you know when when somebody's going through that you give them a quick burst of glucose and then uh something with uh more uh, long lasting you know, like starches, like a peanut butter sandwich or something like that. Sure. So they were getting her, you know, the, the peanut butter sandwich and, um, within a matter of minutes, uh, they started coming out of it and talking normal and, you know, becoming a regular person again. Hmm. And it was just like, you know, for me, from my background, I was like, huh, Hmm. interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This thing, this thing that classically, you know, portrays itself as demon possession is just a medical imbalance. You know, some of the the chemicals in their blood aren't right. Mm -hmm. And once we, once we write those chemicals, everything goes back to normal.
1: Mm -hmm. Like, Mm Hmm.
0: "Hmm, Fascinating.
1: Turns out the demons. (laughs) No. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, turns out the demons were just hangry, but that was going to be really funny, but now the moment's passed. Um, (laughs) That's what I'm all about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wrecking jokes. <laughs> that's, that's what we do here. Um, yeah. yeah. Now let me, let me push back on that in, in just one little way, because I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong. Um, I do want to ask is there may be room for a both and understanding? Um, like
0: absolutely there is. Okay. Yeah, I,
1: I feel like a lot of times in the new Testament, in the gospels, you see, a case where a demon, like it says a demons there, the demon is pretty clearly causing a physical malady, you know, like, yeah. Um, you know, maybe the spiritual and physical realms aren't as far apart as people sometimes imagine them, you know? Um, so you are okay with the yeah. idea of like it's yeah. a physical malady, there is a demonic influence on it. I, am just, I was just curious, like I'm not saying yeah. I'm, I'm 100% sold on that either, but, um,
0: no. And, and, um, it, 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 another caveat to that story is not everybody who has low blood sugar turns into a writhing demon person. Um, that's, that was unique to that individual. Sure. And I think a lot of things are unique to individuals. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, talking about my, my belief in Jesus and, and, uh, his words and all that, I totally accept because there's several accounts of him, you know, dealing specifically with demons, um, I think that that does exist in the world. I, I don't claim to understand it anymore. Whereas in my younger years, I might have said, I understand how this all works. I know everything. <laughs> and I, I have gotten to, I guess, more of a place of, yes, mm-hmm. maybe there are somewhere. But I think we attribute a lot of things to Demons or Satan—that is really just us, Mm -hmm. or it's really just something else that can be, uh, you know, uh, explained away. Um, Not everything is, you know, it's kind of the the Occam's razor. Sure, you know, it's it's not. Sometimes there's a reasonable explanation that you don't have to jump to it's demons. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. You know,
0: it's like the the meme of the guy saying it's aliens, you know, that everyone you know uses as a joke of, you know, <laughs> what do you think caused this? You know, it's aliens. Like, you know, it now, may let's that, let's figure out the logical reasons first.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And maybe if there is no logical reasons, sure, maybe it is demons. But let's rule out the other stuff sure. before we just jump into that boat.
1: Yeah, and of course, Occam was himself a monk, so (laughs) he wasn't. um, (laughs) When he formulated his razor, he wasn't coming at it from a purely um, skeptical materialist perspective either. Um, <laughs> and I know that the Catholic church has a very rigorous series of tests that's, you know, a allegedly demon possessed person has to go through before they'll approve the exorcism. Um, like, is that
0: the, uh, the alphabet backwards and yeah. they have to touch their nose <laughs> and walk along a line? Uh, it's something else. It's something,
1: it's else. something like, that. no, I mean, it's, I think it's like speaking in languages. The person wouldn't know, you know, being privy to secrets, the person wouldn't know that sort of thing. Like, you know, uh, um, but I do appreciate the joke. It was a good joke. Um, <laughs> we're um, running out of time. So let me ask you this. Um, aside from your new beliefs themselves, what would you say you learned from the experience of changing your mind?
0: Uh, I mean, I, I learned to, I think just take in more information before jumping to a conclusion.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Like I was you know, talking about. Um, and that's, that's something I've also learned just in my profession now is, Um, you know, there's a time for action and there's a time for understanding what is happening before you take action. Hmm. And, uh, the two things can be literally life and death. Uh, you know, being foolhardy is not the same as being brave. And, um, you know, a lot of, it's usually best to understand the situation before you act Hmm. and, Uh, I think, I mean, just learning about the world and understanding, uh, things before you just make up your mind about it, uh, I think is the way to go.
2: Hmm.
0: And that gets back to my, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to be arrogant enough to say, I understand everything because I, I absolutely do not. Um, you know, like in, uh, in Bill and Ted, you know, the, you know, true, true knowledge is knowing that, you know, nothing. That's us, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: me, dude. Good old Socrates. <laughs> yeah. learned so much from, from Socrates. Um, <laughs> have you watched the new Bill and Ted movie? I haven't yet.
0: Absolutely. I did. I watched it a couple times now. I enjoyed it. I, I like those movies though. If you don't like those movies, you Probably want to skip, it, but I, thought <laughs> no, it I, I enjoyed. I, that I was wonderful.
1: Two. I enjoyed the first two for sure. I, I just haven't.
0: I thought it was uh, a wonderful movie.
1: Right on. I will check it out. All right. Um, before we wrap up, I have three questions I ask all of my guests, um, which are trying to get at the ultimate goal of this podcast, which is to kind of poke at these questions of epistemology, ontology. How do we know truth, and how do we know ourselves? Um, so, Doug, what do you think? What would you say identity is? Does everyone have an identity? How do you know your identity? What do you think? Mm.
0: Yeah, that's always the big question. Um, I think we go through, (laughs) I think we go through life trying to attach ourselves to an identity Mm. and I know I'm guilty of it. You know, it's like, you know, you want to, you want to grab onto a group that you feel like you associate with and, and, you know, wear the t-shirt or wear the hat. Um, (laughs) Whether that's you know your favorite band or uh, you know the, your political party or your your career, you know you define yourself by whatever it is you do. Um, I think we we want to find those people that we feel we identify with and and latch onto them because you know it's like these are our people,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and it's a it's a strong motivator for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you know within each of us. There's just a a sense of belonging that we want to, you know, feel part of a family and whether that's your real family or if your real family sucks, (laughs) then you try to go out outward towards, you know, a a group you feel you identify with. Mm -hmm. Humans need other people, whether we like to admit it or not. And, um, I think our identity wants to be with, with a group,
1: Hmm. It sounds like oh, you find that, that ultimately, sense. yeah. It sounds like you find that sort of thing ultimately unsatisfying. Though, am I reading too much into that? Or uh, I, I,
0: I think, huh, oh, now you made me think.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> you made me think. You sound like um, you're still a pretty, pretty restless guy who has not found the group that.
0: I think I find I, I have found many groups.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> and and it's the you know, does that really matter? Yeah. And on one hand, I, I think it does, but I think to find true happiness, you need to figure out that, I, I guess I've found happiness in that it doesn't matter what group I'm in, mm-hmm. that, um, that uh, you know, whether, I guess this sounds like a cliche answer, but, you know, that, that God can be enough.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and it, although we find ourselves seeking after a place to belong, that it it does ultimately, you know, be, it is empty, but yet I still find myself doing it. Mm. I don't know if there's a way to stop that. I think that's just human, humans, you know, Mm where we want to find a group to belong to and to be safe in and uh, to, you know, feel like we have camaraderie with.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Mm. Uh, that probably makes no sense. I'm just rambling.
1: <laughs> well, you are now part of the elite group of people who have been guests on Change My Mind with Luke T. Harrington. So, Congratulations. Yes. yeah, there you go. I mean, your heart has finally found rest, right? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I always I always do come back to um, St. Augustine's line and the confessions of, you know, our hearts are restless till they find rest in you, O Lord, or however he puts it. Um, honestly, I feel like, I feel like that's probably true, even apart from the question of like, whether God actually exists is there does seem to be this yearning in the human heart for just the assurance that, you know, like we're here for a reason and we are loved and certainly a deity is one of the, like positing a deity is one way to get there. Um, that very, I mean, it, it might be the best way to get like, it might be the best way to get there apart from even apart from the question of whether God is real or not. Like it seems to satisfy people in a way that many, many other things do not. Um, so there's probably, you know, I, I think, I think that I I remember John, I don't know if you know Jonathan Hyatt at all. Um, he's a, a psychologist and a philosopher. He's, he's an atheist. Um, uh, his, his, uh, probably best known book is the righteous mind. Um, I, I heard an interview with him once that he, he, he was like, yeah, I agree with, um, with, uh, religious people that everyone has a God shaped hole in their soul or their, in their heart or whatever, metaphorically. Right. I just don't agree that there's a God to fill it, which is Ah. a really interesting way of, of looking at it. Um, Second, what would you say human nature is? Are we all the same deep down? Are we all different deep down or are we all blank slates? What do you think
0: I think we're I think we're all the same deep down. It gets back to the identity that I was talking about. We all want a place to belong um you know if you want to get into the the hierarchy of needs, you know mm-hmm. we need food and shelter and um you know we we need we all have those same base desires that, you know, we need to satisfy that, that lizard brain. Mm. Um, And then, you know, we all kind of dress it up in different ways and pretend it's something else. But um, I think we all, you know, across the planet and and throughout history, we we're all just looking for the same stuff. Mm. And uh, so it's different things for different people, but it's all ultimately trying to meet those same, goals.
1: Yeah. I'm just curious about this and I'm, I'm not trying to like put you on the spot or anything. I just want to know your thoughts. Um, if everybody feels the need to belong, what, what do you do with the fact that like hermits exist, <laughs> that people, there are people who deliberately choose <laughs> solitude. What do you think that means?
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I think there's something to be said for, Uh, you know, that is their sense of belonging. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) Being, being away from people is, is where they belong. I don't know. Is that stupid? It's probably stupid. I don't know. I mean, Uh, it
1: it makes, it makes some sense to me. Like, like where I belong is by myself. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I'm I'm introverted by nature, so I can get that. Yeah. Well, or are like where I belong is at one with nature or whatever. Like I can, I can see that. I can. Yeah. See that. Um, yeah. Hmm, interesting. And finally, Doug, what is truth? How do you know truth? How do you know when you found truth? What do you think?
0: Uh, you know, that's it, of course a complicated question. I, I think there is a truth that we don't have full view of, uh, you know, in, in our fleshy meat bags that we <laughs> sit on this planet and, um, <laughs> we don't get to see the world outside,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, you know, from a, a an objective perspective.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, so, you know, for, for all the knowledge that we think we have and all of the understanding that we think we have, we don't, we don't get that objective view. Um, and so, you know, I think that's the, the absolute truth that exists in in the universe is there's, you know, if someone were able to see things outside of everything, they're seeing the truth. And and you can easily transpose that onto God that God sees, you know, outside, outside of time and space is able to look in and say, this is what this is. Yeah. And from any one point within, uh, you know, this existence that we're in, we just get a small view of of what everything really is. Mm-hmm. and that, that kind of gets into you know, like in the book of Job, where you know God comes to Job and saying, yeah you know, at, at the end saying, you know who are you <laughs> yeah were you there when everything was created were you know have you had knowledge of all things, and you know he goes on in the the long speech about that it's yeah i I think I believe that you know it's like there is a truth that exists, but i i I'm not arrogant to say that I understand it, yeah. I, I know what I've got around me and what I experience, but it's a small part in reality. I mean, I can't even see in all the different you know wave spectrums.
2: Mm-hmm. My
0: dog sees differently than I do. <laughs> you know, my dog hears things that I can't hear.
1: Yeah. You
0: know, how can I how can I even understand anything if I can't? You know, <laughs> my my perspection my perspective is so limited.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, what's really striking about Job is that. God doesn't give Job an explanation and basically says, I don't owe you one, you know, Um, which is, I mean, I I think that's probably the key to that particular book's timelessness. Like that's why people still read it and study it. And it's, it's what Sunday school lessons so often completely gloss over, you know, when they even talk about Job. Um, Like so, so often the, the message of Job is rendered as like, and Job was faithful to God. So God gave him a bunch of new cool stuff. And it's like, no, that's not really what that book yeah. is about.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean he Job never even understands. I mean, you know, God never says, So, you know, look, this was a contest and you passed. I mean, that that's never laid out. Right. Like
1: it's right.
0: that that opening, you know, uh scene in Job is never explained to Job. Yeah. And he just has to to live with that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well we're about out of time. So um before we go, real quick, Doug, you do you have anything you want to plug? You wanna plug your website one more time or
0: yeah, yeah, and uh yeah, you can come to my website, see what's on there, see if I've done anything new. It's a surprise. i he updated it in, in the past year. <laughs> um it's uh, it's the number ten one zero mfh dot com. Uh and that's short for ten minutes from hell, which means nothing if you're wondering. It just kinda sounds cool. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, this has been changed my mind with Luke T. Harrington. I'm Luke T. Harrington. You can find me on Twitter at Luke T. Harrington, or just go to my website, Luke T. And I will see you next time. There's an old Buddhist parable, um, It's called The Blind Men and the Elephant, and I've written pretty extensively about it, so this won't be the first time you hear me talk about it, uh, nor the last time, because it seems deeper every time I come back to it, um, which means probably either it is, or I'm just getting old and senile in my mid-30s. But the story goes that um, there's a handful of blind men who um, encounter an elephant, And they uh, try to figure out what this thing is in front of them or describe this thing in front of them. And one of them who has only so far found its trunk says, well, this is this is a creature like a snake. Um, And another one who has only found its uh, its tusk says, no, it's 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 like a spear. And the other one who has only found its side says, no, it's it's a it's a wall. Um, the one who's only found its, uh, tail says, no, this is a, this is a thing like a rope. Um, and of course the moral of the story is that you shouldn't lean too heavily on your own experience of the world. Um, the experience of the individual is by its very nature subjective and it's unlikely that any one person has access to the whole truth. Um, now I've, i pretty sure I first encountered that story, um, in my quasi evangelical upbringing when I was put through quote unquote worldview training, um, where you were expected to develop a biblical worldview to protect you from the scary worldviews of the world. <laughs> um, and that, you know, the message of this this story at that point was like, don't buy into all the, those relativistic worldviews that you will encounter from those uh, scary secular leftists out there. Um, and of course, the great irony about that is that for some reason now the religious right is all a bunch of relativists uh, who reject the idea of absolute truth and everyone on the left seemingly right now has become a total dogmatist, um, with no room for disagreement anyway. Um, that's not the point of (laughs) what I'm talking about right now. Um, the point is that I, I keep coming back to the story of the blind men and the elephant because, um, despite the dismissiveness of the people who introduced me to it, I think there is a profound truth there. Um, which is that you, as an individual, probably can't see the true nature of things. Um, Just basic statistics make it unlikely. You live in an infinite universe um, and have only five, give or take, senses at your disposal. Um, And you are only directly privy to the things that happen to be close to you. Um, So just in terms of mathematical probabilities, you are very unlikely to have any real understanding of much of anything. Um, It's interesting to me that Doug brought up the book of Job at the end of our conversation there, because there are interesting parallels uh, between the book of Job and the the parable of the blind men and the elephant, um, which is fundamentally that, as we said in our conversation, God really doesn't try to under try to explain to Job what has been going on at the end of that book. All he says is, "You don't know what you're talking about," <laughs> which is true. Um, you think about the the possibility of explaining an elephant to those blind men like it's not outside of the realm of possibility um however their faculties would limit their total experience of the elephant which um is the point of the story um and then extrapolate from that to the possibility of explaining the machinations of the entire universe and possibly beyond to a finite being like a human um and how infinitely harder that would be. Um, and maybe that's why God doesn't try. Um, I mean, if you haven't read the book of Job, it's literally just 60 chapters of, uh, verse poetry about all these characters, just arguing back and forth about the nature of God and morality in the universe and then God showing up at the end and telling them all to shut up because they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> and that's essentially the whole book. Um, and there are certainly thoughtless ways to say, I don't know anything. Um, you know, I don't know anything Therefore, I'll buy literally whatever the new age store down the street is selling. Well, maybe not, but there are thoughtful ways to say it as well. Um, There are ways to approach the universe and our knowledge of it with humility. Um, And I hope you'll uh, keep that in mind um, as we press on into our next paranormal episode um, where I've got a great conversation with a believer in the paranormal uh, lined up. As I've said, my own experience of the universe has more or less 100% been highly explainable by science and reason. Um, But I know that my experience of the universe is not the only one. Anyway, that's it for this week. Um, If you like the show, if you like what I'm doing, please take a second to rate and review it on iTunes or Whatever podcast service you use, if you do rate or review it, I will read your review live on the air and make you Internet famous. You can show all your friends and they will doubtless be very impressed. Um, We do have a new review up on iTunes, Um, another five star review, because what else would it be? I'm awesome. Everybody knows this. Um, no, the review is from a user who goes by rocks will cry out a cool username, dude. Um, I hope the rocks don't yell at me when they cry out. Cause that would make me feel bad. Um, no, I know that's a quote from scripture, but the title of the review is fantastic concept engaging host. Aw, thanks. Um, Roxwill Cryout Cry Out says, conversations around hot button topics have become increasingly difficult to engage in with those on a different side. That's why they're called hot button topics, by the way. Uh, this podcast provides an opportunity for us all to consider another perspective in a non-threatening and grace-filled way. Luke offers intentional and thoughtful questions, allowing the guest's story to be respected. He never gets in the way of that story, giving space for them to tell it as they wish. By framing these challenging topics around personal stories, he is gently showing us all to be more open. Um, Thank you so much, Rocks Will Cry Out. That's exactly what I'm going for with the show. And if I'm hitting that target, that honestly means the world to me. Um, So if you're listening and you haven't reviewed the show, I would really appreciate it if you would just hop on iTunes and tap out a 10-word review. It's great. Luke rules. I want to have his babies, something like that. No, you don't want that. Um, (laughs) if you would like to support the show financially, um, this is a listener supported show. You can just hop on ko-fi.com. That's ko-fi.com slash change my mind and buy me a cup of coffee. Um, coffee is delicious. Everybody should drink it, except for people who have religious objections like Mormons and Muslims. Um, But yeah, you can buy me a cup of coffee at Ko-Fi, or you could buy my book. Um, My book is still out in the world. It's been about a month since the release, uh, selling reasonably well. Um, I'm pretty excited about it. It's one I have been working on for years. It's called Murder Bears, Moonshine and Mayhem. Strange stories from the Bible to leave you amused, bemused, and hopefully informed. Um, It is possibly the funniest book about the Bible you'll read this week. I make no promises, but that is a distinct possibility. Um, It's written with a general audience in mind, uh, published by a Christian publisher, but written for a general audience. It's for anyone who wants to learn more about the Bible. I do not preach much in it. Um, It's mostly just the facts and some jokes approach. So you can find that wherever fine books are sold. Also where mediocre books are sold. Let's wrap things up. I want to thank Jonathan Clawson, my editor, for editing the show. He's a great guy. If you need an audio editor or a video game, he's the one to hook you up. Uh, Look him up. I want to thank Raven Creek Social Club for hosting the podcast. Those guys are great. Check out their other podcasts, Faith and Other Oddities, and The Commentarians. I want to thank Doug Lattery for coming on the show. Doug Rules. Go check out his website at 10mfh.com. And finally, I want to thank you for listening to Change My Mind. And please don't be afraid to change your mind. Thank mm-hmm. you.